And welcome back to another episode of Down to the Bones. This is reincarnation episode number two. And we have a special guest with us, Sam Bellamy, a close friend, a cultist, musician, and a person aware of his many lives. Welcome. Welcome, Sam. It's great to have you here with us tonight. Thank you. I'm honored. Well, first of all, I'm honored to just be in the room with the two of you. It's always fun. It's not Joe Rogan's pad, but it's slowly (laughs) getting there. You know, uh, definitely smaller and definitely messier, but I kind of like the mess. It's part of the charm here. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. I love it. It's great. (laughs) So let's, let's get right into it. In our last episode, we interviewed someone who did reincarnations. And we thought it'd be great to have you on because you are definitely an expert in the subject because you're very aware of your previous lives and not through doing past life regressions. You're also an occultist. So I I definitely would like to speak to you first about the simple stuff. And I think in this subject, the simple stuff is the occultism. I'd love to know, when did you think occultism was the thing for you? When When were you like, yeah, I'm a little extra weird and this is what I like to do? That's the normal here. Yeah, that's the normal. There are many different ways I can approach this, but I I guess one of the ways I could say is I remember as a baby that I felt some really interesting things and I knew that they were strange as a baby laying in my crib. Things that didn't seem very of this world, so to speak, or at least not the present time. So almost right, like not even almost, immediately right off the bat, there was the story that my mom told me about some sort of spirit that came into my room, a wolf spirit. But I seem to also remember that happening. Mm. She told me it feels like right. A, I can an see it. wolf or like? A wolf spirit. Okay, so like yeah. the energy of like. Right. Okay, so animal spirit. Yeah. I have my own, developed lately, later on my own theories as to who it was. And it was definitely something friendly. But mm-hmm. A friend that from a past life, I believe, mm-hmm. who was very fond of wolves. So I have a feeling that's what it was. But anyways, regardless of that. So experiences as a baby, right off the bat. It's so interesting that you say that because I have a lot of memories that go back to an age that psychology would say you can't remember that age, but I remember them very clearly. Do you have that also? Yeah, some weird experiences, like Mm. still like crib level or just out. Right. That's actually, I'm curious as we interview more people going down the line, if if we start hearing things like this, Mm -hmm. you know, because I haven't seen other shows ask people like that, how did they start going? And that to me is interesting. I want to know what magic you're doing. What are the results, right? And and why the hell are you doing it, right? right. Within reason. I'll continue the story, though. We just get so fascinated with things. Yeah. There, there are so many different ways to approach this. Because of the way that I was raised, they were very rigid and dogmatic. I, I don't really want to drop specifics because I don't want to, you know, yeah. offend anybody on the show because there's a great way and a wrong way to do a lot of things. Mm. So they were very dogmatic religion that I was raised in. And all of those things, they were either evil or they didn't exist. Mm. So I learned very quickly not to talk about it and even to shut it down to the point that I didn't seem to be having any experiences anymore, which I've actually found that that's relatively common, mm-hmm. is that something will jade you almost immediately and you'll start shutting these things down as a child. Mm-hmm. Yes. In retrospect, they were not completely shut down. The memories were happening, but I thought they were my imagination for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, you know, everyone... like throws themselves into a category of occultists. Yet you're sitting at a table, probably neither of us really fall into a category. Lisa, 
We like to break systems here. Yeah, she's a witch, but like, (laughs) eh, you know, I'm a ceremonious, but, eh, you know, we use what works and we use what we need to do. And lately we're both pretty obsessed with hoodoo oils. Oh, yeah. So I don't know (laughs) what that makes us, right? Experimenters. Experimenters. Because it's really, uh, it's about the bones. Like, what works? I don't really care about, I don't want to say I don't care about the tradition because there's something to learn in a tradition. But it's, at the end of the day, I want to know why it works and I want to repeat it. Because when I need it to work, it needs to work for me. Right. What if you had a, a more succinct way of saying you're a cultist view or methodology or category? Where where are you? It's going to offend some people, but I'll say it clearly. It's usually my job, but yeah. you are welcome to take that. Tip. I would probably and it, there's like six different ways that I could probably classify myself because I like words, mm-hmm. not to put things into a box or to stay within some sort of. Well, I'm saying the same thing twice, some sort of social confinement. So there are many different ways you could, you can call me a pagan, you could call me a witch, mm-hmm. you could, I tend to, like right now, I tend to say Luciferian Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, a, okay. I'm a Luciferian Gnostic pagan, because Sounds really Gnostic is paganism, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, but yeah it depends how There's you approach it, definitely. Yeah, well, no, that would be a whole other episode to get into Gnosticism, <laughs> but which I know you and I have, have shared many meals and discussed. But, right. But okay, that's good because I, I think when people are listening to you and are definitely interested in the path, they want to know, you know, what what filter is this coming through? So your worldview, so Luciferian Gnostic, with a pagan that's rapping, yeah. right, rapper, awesome. So you're also a musician, and I know because I know you that your music is part of who you are. You're not a musician because you also like guitars or you like singing. I mean, you like singing, but how does how does music fall into the general theme of occultism? How does it for you? How does that like? How does that mix? I remember when I found it. Okay, so this is another interesting story. We're getting a little bit into uh, fringe topics, I guess you could say. It's a podcast. It's, okay. it's about yeah. stories. You know? So, how did I get started with music? I was at a uh, social event that was actually taking place at a church that they used to call the uh, the thirty hour famine, where you fasted for donations. It didn't set on fire when you walked in. No. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they were some of the kids were playing around on stage and there was a microphone set up and whatnot and i got hit with an incredibly i've only shared this a few times actually an incredibly powerful overwhelming energy that was completely undeniable and literally potent mm-hmm. like physical right as if somebody was like pouring like hot water over me or something and i needed to grab the microphone and start singing mm. and i did not have a choice How i mean i did have a you? choice but were you young <sighs> Early teens, wow. I would say. Cool. Yeah, early teens. I've been playing for, like I say, like 16 years now. Wow. So I started singing shortly thereafter. Then I learned a the piano. Then I learned a guitar. Mm. Okay. So what I was able to do with it and the way that this connects is I was able to get out certain things that I could not convey mm. easily with words. Later on, I got better at conveying with words. I mean, I am a writer. I always have been since even before that. But the music provides an emotion that you were putting out along with what you were saying. So you're not just speaking, you are also putting an emotion out to people. And the most satisfying thing to me is when I have a a song about a very esoteric or ethereal or mystical topic, Mm -hmm. and I see somebody's eyes start to 
tear up and I see their face go pale. I'm mm -hmm. like, you somewhere are understanding that. Yeah. And I've actually had people explain that, yeah, they got what I was putting out. And a lot of these things are extremely obscure topics, but I think they are everyday topics and people feel them, but they don't understand what they're feeling. Well, I think so, that's an awesome segue into the the past. And when I say past, not just last week, <laughs> but you know, the past and then the past and then the past, right? I think for you, you have a different understanding of reincarnation. Not not so different than our previous um, guest, right? But you have it from a very first person, like first person view, a more embodied view that helps you understand kind of your, your life, I guess. And at the same token, by being someone who is so alive with the past, but also still extremely grounded in the present, right? Where we spoke in a previous show of people getting lost in their past, like right. suddenly they're Cleopatra and they're, they think they're Cleopatra now and she's been dead for like, you know, 2000 years, right? Or, or more. You're extremely grounded here, but you also have that past. And I think you, you have an effect on people either through your music or through your presence where you remind people that they're more than just Snapchat and TikTok. <laughs> and whatever political nonsense is happening, that there's probably more to their soul than just, I would say this in incarnation, but in the current time, many of us aren't even aware of what we had for breakfast, so I don't even think we're aware of our incarnation. So I know you've experienced that in many ways, and I know that's kind of who you are, because I know from even hanging around you in the past and stuff, when people come around within your aura and your presence, they, they feel something. They're attracted to you beyond your studliness, right? They're, they're <laughs> attracted to you. And you are a rock star, a rock so, star right? Man. But what do you say about that? Not your rock star, but what, what do you say about that? I think that humanity is a story. Hmm. I think that the whole thing is a story. And I, one of the things I always say as an occult is, is the rule of occult is the rule of infinity. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, it's just a simple way of saying that there's a lot more out there than what even people who think they're studying everything or know more than other people, then they realize. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest, I guess, going back to the beginning, going back to the, the start of remembering things, when I finally got solid confirmation that one of the lives, one of the more recent lives that I was remembering was true, then my brain said, wait a minute, all these other things might might be true. Wow. And I started realizing things were falling into place similarly with those as they did with the one that was essentially proven very, right. very powerfully. Mm -hmm. So, and it, the further back you go and the further back you go, the harder it becomes to parse certain things until you get the hang of it. Mm -hmm. And you start realizing that there are some pretty incredible things in human history that they seem to have collectively forgotten. Right. So, so you're one who remembers multiple past lives, and I'm gonna use the word somewhat in a string. So you can see that, you can see beyond this incarnation and you have a larger, and I wanna say worldview, but obviously life view. Maybe soul view. Soul view, soul, soul, soul view. view, that's the perfect yeah. word. You have a larger view of that, that multiple incarnate purpose, as opposed to the singular incarnate purpose of like, hey, I'm here and now, which you still have that. You. I think your message to people in a way, just by your story, is that there's so much more to life. And that these, these mini glimpses of what we call lives, 
are really like this giant amalgamation of a very long timeline. Why don't you tell me a little more about that? Because yeah. I'm paraphrasing for you based on like so in what other I think. words, you're saying that you had memories as a child. You thought that perhaps they were your imagination, right? Like any kid would think. But you were actually able to confirm some of the details to let you know that that was an actual lifetime. And I'm just curious, how, how did that affect you, do you think? Like, how can you describe that? Well, I can talk about actually immediate, immediate effects. One of these lives, the one that I called my, my anchor, because it grounded me in a past life. So it's interesting because we were talking about grounding, and grounding is great. There's also something to be said for being untethered intentionally for a brief period of time and then knowing how to come back down. Mm -hmm. So you can learn something, and then like you that. kind of process that information. Okay, what's true, what's not, all that stuff. So... What convinced me that I was this this anchor was that somebody who I had not told who I had just met that day while traveling came up and called me that person. Mm. And then he identified who he was, and he's somebody I used to know. He remembered his life clearly. Wow. And he told me other things that became relevant way later on mm -hmm. that had to do with this. He was the first. There were many others after that. And it culminated in one of my past lives. There's actually a scientist, a very well-known scientist who I will not name, who he's a historian he's a, an archaeologist so scientist might not be the right word and he he studies this guy and i'm not going to name him because mm -hmm. everybody's claiming to be somebody famous that right. doesn't make and you credible we need to protect everyone's privacy yeah yeah um so one of my past lives is kind of famous which honestly when i started remembering him nobody really knew who he was anyway so you know what i mean <laughs> but now they kind of do through small circles that are kind of connected to my friend base okay. so we're kind of all involved in making this guy famous if right. that makes sense but but anyway so one of the lives i met the archaeologist and he went as white as a ghost Mm. and we had a very powerful connection almost immediately, and he had apparently been, he was getting haunted by the spirit of this person. Mm. And so I was able to go in and handle the things that used to belong to this person after having those memories. Wow. And so much was very easily confirmed then, and the guy came up to me, and he said in my ear, I believe it. Wow. And... Mm. When that happened, I went to some Chinese food restaurant in the middle of the night, and I was crying with my head on the table. I'm like, I knew it was yeah. true, but something in your brain always says it's not true. It's too wonderful to be You're true. You're still aching for that outside confirmation yeah. somehow. Which yeah, I, I mean, which I got so incredibly by so many, so many different sources. And just, I'm like, no, it's not true, and something else happens the next day. No, it's true. It's right. actually true. No, this is real, because we know, like the universe is saying, we know it's going to take a lot to convince you. But then why do you even need to convince me? What's the point? Why do I have to know this? Well, that's you know? my question. Why do you think you have more direct access than most to one of your previous lifetimes? Well, it's certainly not because I'm better than anyone else. No. It has to do with what my what I believe part of what my, my role is that I've probably assigned myself at some point. And that is to, even if it's just a handful of people, to show them that we're part of a very big story and that there is purpose and there is meaning. However, people who think that, for example, every leaf that falls on their head, oh, that's a sign from Thor, <laughs> or maybe it is, but I'm not, maybe it could is, be, could be. but I've met very toxic individuals who were toxic at the time, at least, maybe they're fine now, who they kind of create this little microcosm of everything, and everything is just this wondrous, 
thing. So anything that doesn't fit within that, anything negative right. is, oh my gosh, nope, nope. They discard God hates it, me, push it so aside. So I can't think about right. that because that right. means that none of what I believe is true and everything's very black and white. Or you have the people that are completely super negative and nihilistic and everything yes. is like destruction and death and all of that. And that there is a right way and a wrong way to do that, in my opinion. By the way, different different topic. Yeah. We'll yes. come another night and talk about the right way to do. Yeah, that's the yeah. drinking to episode, right? To do nihilism. Yeah, <laughs> yes, let's but, yeah, we sure. drink on that but one. There's a reason I'm saying that. I don't mean to interrupt anybody. Yeah. There's a reason I'm saying that is because a lot of the things I remember caused a lot of pain. Mm. And here's the thing: when somebody goes around claiming that they were somebody, and it's like it's all fun and games, I'm much less likely to believe you. Right. Notwithstanding uh, my own intuition about those things. We've, we were talking about this recently. There are thousands of Crowleys, mm -hmm. thousands of them. Mm -hmm. One of them might be the real one. I've been wondering where he is because I, right. I find that enjoyable. I'm like, oh, where's this person? Where's that person? That's that's fun for me because right. they do reincarnate. You of know course. what I mean? Right. Uh, they're somewhere. They might be like a, like a plumber or some guy working at 7-Eleven. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Right. Is that, that's actually more probable. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like whoever you were, the, uh, dear listener, whoever you were, right. you were probably more likely to be a farmer or a washerwoman or something than anybody famous, but that does not make you less important. No. Right. So, and that's what I've noticed, is that when you are actually something, you inherit the baggage too. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think people need to realize is it's, you inherit the good and the bad. You have to deal with the pain of it if it's coming into you profoundly. So that's so. interesting. There's actually two things I, I want to say, but on that one, as opposed to the people who undergo regression, they they, they relive it in a more controlled session. And then when they, they reach those painful periods, because since they're controlled sessions, they're almost like dialing into the the issue that they're feeling now that may be related to the past life, Right. They dial into it, and then through a therapeutic process, they uh, disassociate from it so it's not uh, affecting them in this current life. Since you are more of an embodiment of a string of lives, you are continuing the emotional baggage, so to speak, and probably the highs and the lows, right? So I definitely would love to know, like, damn, that's, that sounds like a lot of work. Right. I barely can handle mine. But and, and then a second part that I just really liked going back to your Chinese food restaurant with your head on the table. <laughs> I wouldn't put my head on any Chinese food restaurant table. <laughs> that was an error in judgment. Just, it was you know, COVID. No, okay. that, that wasn't even a, that wasn't even a COVID joke. But hey, now I just got canceled. But every occultist seems to have an awakening moment. Right. You know, I remember mine, I think it was 15 and I didn't sleep for like a day and a half because it blew my freaking mind. Right. Right. And, you know, you don't really know what to do with it at the time. You just kind of crack. You're not really sure. And I, I, I'm sure Lisa's had one yeah. and it happens at different times or wherever. And it's, I, not, not to discourage people on the path if you haven't had that awakening. Right. By any means. But it seems to be something that happens. And I don't know if we call that initiation. And I know you could speak about initiation a lot. So I'd love to both hear your thoughts on that, but also damn that baggage. So it just sounds like you're healing shadow from two lives simultaneously. So you're healing shadow from your previous lifetime, it sounds like, from what you're describing. But of course, it's got to affect where you are here and now too. For me... Yeah. Remembering anything beyond this particular life 
uh, which already has its own baggage, by the way, which cannot be ignored. Remembering anything beyond this for the life that you're currently in is like waking up from a long night's dream. For me, I was lost in a sense. I knew who I was well enough. I was pretty determined and confident and already stood out, but starting to open up that door. It was like waking from a long night's dream and realizing, wait a minute, it all starting to ma- it's all starting to make sense now. I'm not saying I understand everything. I'm saying the rest of my personality is starting to make sense to me. All these things I've always felt are making sense. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is I was able to make sense of myself and I'm always, we are always constantly learning and constantly moving forward and well, at least we should be. We should never get stuck, but we can get stuck for a little while if that's where we need to be. For me, it's a learning experience. So working through that one life, which was very tragic, but also triumphant, but it ended very badly. I realized how many other people were affected by the actions of that person. So it wasn't really, this is not, none of this is really just about me. It was my responsibility to come and, and I felt to come and make peace with the things that this person never finished because that unfinished business was actually affecting certain things happening today. Okay. And so it's like, oh crap. This was actually my fault. So you felt you know? some profound responsibility. Yeah. Okay. And, and do you think to... that's part of why you came back remembering was so that you could meet those responsibilities? Um, partially, but I, that would, I would definitely not wrap it up as just being that because okay. once I took care of the unfinished business, so to speak, which was beautiful experience and brought me a lot of peace and joy and great things. So you go through a hard time and then something great happens. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was really similar to the regressionist, but like yeah. you did it, but you lived in a it. bodied view and probably, I don't want to say deeper, but it was, it was different. You yeah. lived it in the regular 3d waking reality. Yeah. I will say that every, every, every element of where I am in my life, the people, the people that I'm friends with, not every element, but many elements are actually shaped by the decisions that I made based on how I handled this unfinished business. Mm. So it actually shaped today and it's now and it's here and it's real. So these are my friends. Some of these people were there, not all of them, but it shaped my identity. I used it to help create my artist profile because I am a method actor, as I was saying earlier. So the persona that you see live as a performer is not the same as the past lives or the memories, very different, but is somewhat fantastically based on it, I guess you could say, to perform and present something. However, the real thing is actually more romantic, and I don't mean just like romantic love, like more romantic and more beautiful than anything that I have so far presented, I believe. Hmm. So it's interesting how that works. Mm -hmm. So despite every little negative mundane thing that happens in, in our lives, they think people aren't looking big enough. Or they look way too big. They're like, well, we're all one. It's all meaningless. It's like. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, I am a non-dualist, but I live in a dualistic world. And, um, you know, you can't just sit there because, no, I haven't transcended this reality. Right. Here we are. Right. Like, here we are. Um, Your music, actually, that's interesting. Your genre is unique. Right. Uh, We would say it's, you know, you're not singing um, Britney Spears songs. I would pay Not to actually usually. see that. I would pay hey, to see that. I want to see that too. And if could you could that do it in, in, in a cover, <laughs> okay. I would be impressed. Yeah, but so would I. <laughs> I think your genre and your inspirations all all speak to that romanticism and that endless story. Yeah. 
so I'd love to hear like when when were you like yeah I'm doing this and tell us about this that genre and how you categorize it so to speak yeah there again there are many different ways to approach that conversation as well what created the genre probably a lot of the music that I listened to as a kid fed pieces and bits of it but overall basically I was just drawn to what I could how I could convey these thoughts as simply as possible. And then I worked up from there to make things more complex and layers and whatnot. Uh, so acoustic guitar and vocals. Mm. When I was very inspired by sea shanties, excuse mm. me, eventually. Celtic music, mm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So even worship music that I listened to as a kid, that was definitely- I have to inform you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's a whole different combination of things. But a lot of people- I, I'm kind of silly like this. I get upset if I hear people just list themselves in order of influences from elsewhere, from other people. Right. I think that people should find something completely original. So, Is there anyone, I mean, I'm sure there's always someone, but especially now, because I know you have almost like a little posse, but <laughs> is is there other people in, in that genre? So I guess if we call it like sea, folk sea shanties, so to speak, that may also be singing the same mystery so to speak like are they are they maybe going through similar stuff do you think like because i'm sure you've networked with people because it's such a unique genre and it, it definitely tells a tale and i mean obviously sea shanties told a tale that was their purpose right mm -hmm. but no one's at sea right now you know and i, I think we can talk about the ship that sank yeah. right the one that was in our harbor a while ago you, you you were on that, right? I worked on that ship. Yeah, yeah. So, so technically you were at sea. But like that, that genre is unique and, and, you know, and even Celtic music has like a certain ode to past, right? So I guess that's all kind of just part of your weaving. My necklaces are loud. <laughs> I'm trying to get them to stop. I didn't think about that. You're jingling a bit. Sometimes <laughs> we have right. swag. That's You're okay. a rock star. You've got to have you some know. swag. It's all it's good. We, we like it's the jingles. Good. Listen, I think you guys are rock stars. Oh. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Talking about initiation, though, I know I mentioned it. I feel like from knowing you, you've gone through a lot of initiations. And as a person that's multiple people in some way, you're actually just you, like you're actually quite normal, right? It's not, obviously we were talking about these other things, but you're actually just a normal dude with a job and a, and a band and you, you're fine, you're normal, right? You're not like blown out and lost in <laughs> multiple past lives, but you are a person that's like very cognizant of these things. And I, I feel like, I know you've expressed that you've kind of undergone different initiations, so to speak. So you had that one big one at the Chinese restaurant. And then you probably had a series of others, I'm assuming, and I guess they're aha. Uh -huh. I'd love to hear just you speaking about initiation in general, not your initiations, because I'm sure there's like, you know, that's another two hours, right? But what is initiation to you? Oh, that's a good question. Because people want to join covens, they want to join groups. Yeah. And I know Lisa and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a member of, of the OTL, and it's near and dear to me, right? Right. But... That's just an extension of me. It doesn't make me anything, right? And I've been initiated in so many things, and it doesn't make me anything. I've just, you know, seen things, and most of it was boring. I think we kind you of know? agree that initiation is something that happens between you and deity. Right. It really can't be given to you by another person. You can stir the process. Yes. A good teacher will know how to push buttons. To yeah, get you, you know, where you need to be. And I've, I've undergone rituals that have made change because they've yes. made energetic changes, but 
I had to be ready to receive the change. Right. And then I had to do the work and process it and hold the change. And hold the change and right. be the new person. And the more teachers you talk to, they usually say that not every initiation takes. No, I will Some tell don't you, take, I've, right? I've been in a few Western traditions, and I, I can say now that there's a few grades that I've, I've undergone that I've probably done a few times. Yeah. You know, and then what's interesting, too, I would love to hear Sam's uh, take on this, because I know... It's like they're, they're constant tracks, right? So like you take one degree, I'm just going to use degrees because I'm a Western person, but you take that one, whatever that lesson, that initiation is, and that one's always going. And then you're stacking other initiations, but you're always like, oh, okay, now I'm going back to that first one because I'm going to, I'm going to relearn evolve that. and yeah. relearn at a deeper yeah. level. So it's like an onion that opens and opens and opens. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what do you think? Because initiation is different to you. Hmm. Sure. As Especially in the context of yeah. you knowing that you're you're kind of simultaneously living out, it's you. See if this is right. You stop me if I'm wrong. It obviously it's you. It's your soul. It's your personality. It's your spirit. But you're accessing more than one lifetime at the same time. Is that true? And you've probably been initiated in previous lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So do those carry over? Do they re reinitiate? Interesting. That's interesting. Um, there are, I could talk about this for hours. Mm. This is one of my favorite subjects, <laughs> and it goes back to something that you were saying. Oh Lord! <laughs> Sometimes initiations are well. First of all, we'll get back to the basics because this is down to the bones. Basic, yeah. It's it's some sort of growing process where something about you, your psychology, changes, and usually it has something to do with you and your higher essence. Mm -hmm. Or you're, as, as, as uh, Crowley would say, you're a holy guardian angel mm -hmm. or using terminology and something higher than you, whether it be somebody else or a higher element of you or both or whatever you want to call it, something bigger than your regular consciousness comes in and alters your consciousness so it gets bigger in some way. That's what I think. That's one way to word it. It could even be as much as just changing a thought, an everyday thought, but it's already become, when you, if you're truly initiated, it's already become normal for you to have that thought slightly different than it was previously. So you're, you have been changed. Right. Or at least this is why a lot of people talk about shattering the earthly ego. Mm. So another topic that I believe the ego is a good thing, but people use it wrong. Mm. People have the wrong mm -hmm. concept of what it is. That yeah. ego, like, I'm better than you. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about identity. Identity which, is important. Which needs to constantly be changing so you understand better what that actually is. Mm. You know, your true will, as they say. So initiation is you getting slightly closer to that, even with small increments. Mm. What I will say is that some of them are very minor and anything can bring it on and they're very beautiful and they feel great. Sometimes one person will look at you a certain way in a certain place and something clicks. You're like, wait, now I'm thinking of this differently. This is just some weird example. Mm -hmm. Or you see something in a book that, oh, that symbol, that makes sense. It finally clicked. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, once you do understand that symbol, you'll see that symbol everywhere. And then you'll be able to build upon that, mm -hmm. whatever that means to you. Okay. Sometimes it's some sort of incredible experience where you have like, you wake up and there's like some God standing in your room or something for some people, you know what I mean? Or, yes. or some like your, your grandparents who passed away or whatever, you know, something, same thing, honestly, something's there, something tells you something you don't think you're ready to hear it it's like holy crap you now can't what? eat for a week <laughs> but then you integrate it and you're okay and things are different after that i had an experience like that in 2020 in may one day i walked outside and i was having a cigarette and i'm like wait a minute there's something here 
holy crap, holy crap, wait, <laughs> what are you? What are you saying to me? And the message was conveyed and it changed my life. Mm. So there were many different ways for that to occur. And I will add, I am not a person who sees things that are not there. If I see them and somebody else is there, chances are if you have any sensitivity, you will also see it. Mm. Yeah. So just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> well, I, my, my awakening, I was with a few other people who were not remotely interested in the subject or anything. and Everyone was seeing it. Mm-hmm. even though it was there and not there and it was it was bizarre it freaked out a lot of people and i think i think i'm not in touch with everyone anymore i think i'm the only one that kept going and the others kind of just were like quit yeah they, yeah they were on the road for a bit with me and they're like yeah i'm cool they I'm were done. like peace yeah. i'm out yeah because the, the road is um the road is rocky for anyone right while i i i enjoy the path of occultism or this this version of life not one that I would necessarily say is the easiest road by any means. Definitely not. You know, I have no regrets and I uh, wouldn't turn back because once you see, you can't. You can't turn You can't back. unsee. You can't you know? unsee. I mean, yeah. I guess you can, you could hide, but it's always there. Always. And it is a challenging, challenging path, I think. I wrote something to one of my friends recently who's very intimately involved with the, with the same past lives that I am. He was a friend many times. And I said, you know, sometimes I get poetry that is somewhat prophetic. And I don't mean like, oh my God, I'm a prophet. I mean, it will say something that might be relevant soon. Mm-hmm. Not always, but sometimes you can interpret it that way. And one of the things I said, and this particular one did prove relevant, is that we are coming to a place, meaning me and him, where there is no turning back from certain things, mm-hmm. particular things that we were remembering and working on. We're coming to a place where there's no turning back. If you're listening to this right now, I know you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and like the next week, I found information in books related to some of the stuff we were remembering. And mm. it was extremely intense confirmation to the point that my mind was still not ready to accept it. But I kept finding more and more of it. And I was like, all right, okay, I guess this there's something here. Mm. So, And I can't go back from what I've seen, that it's actually written down, that this is what happened in this particular historical context. So... What I always found interesting, our, our previous guest was saying that she, she'd be like Googling stuff while mm-hmm. people are under regression and she'd be like, holy shit, this is real. And really bizarre facts that like, there's no way someone would know this about a random farmer in Idaho in 1840, right? right. But like the internet's got everything on it now. So I think it's interesting that like you live a life of constant validations that you're not losing your shit, mm-hmm. right? And that you're like, okay, this is weird. Yet you stay normal, you know? I mean, it's normal as any occultist is, right? You know? You're fairly but normal. Like, for a musician, you're normal, so. right? You're fairly normal. You know, you're a method actor and a musician. How normal can you be, right? <laughs> but no, you, you know, like, how do you stay normal? I think that's a good question for when people start on the path and they, they start having their experiences, whether it's spellcraft or, or DD work or whatever, and, and shit just gets weird, right? What would you tell someone that's starting to have a little extra life going on, right? To how to stay sane? Because clearly you're staying sane. That's like the holy grail, right? That is the holy grail. <laughs> you know, grail. Um, honestly, I, I what there's a quote. I'm I am sane with horrible. No, I'm insane with horrible moments of insanity. But I don't <laughs> think that necessarily is fully applicable in this particular situation. Right. But it certainly can be. Some of the people listening to this will remember 
times where I needed to do something so badly and it was completely against logic and they had to talk me out of it in my past. So there were times privately where friends had to help me sort out not necessarily the difference between reality and not reality, um, because it actually was real as it turned out, but how to physically ap- approach a certain thing. How to if maneuver that makes sense. How to maneuver. And I was about to, at one point, I was ready to go walking through the woods in a certain, you know, state. And it wasn't really safe for me to be doing that. Mm. So, and, and again, it might have been fine. And again, after like a couple of hours, I realized, well, that might not have been the best idea for me to do that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought about it. I'm like, all right. And I, even while, while you're doing these things, you have to be like, okay, this is crazy. Does this make sense? Right. Is this logical? Is this going to help me? It's this kind of dance we right. do. Does this no. make sense? Right. You know, yeah. I know Lisa and I have spoken a lot about sometimes coming out of ritual states or other things like you sometimes catch yourself, yeah, I'm bonkers right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the the very fact that you could say, yeah, I'm bonkers, mm-hmm. is like, all right, I'm aware that it's taken me a little bit bit to like dial back mm-hmm. and pull back, but I am aware. So I, you know, for you, it's like, well, I'm gonna go walk in the woods, but I'm giving myself like 45 minutes, and then I'm turning around and I'm telling people where I'm going because you're not just gonna disappear in the woods for five days, right? Right. So like, exactly. you're gonna feed it, but you're gonna be like. I also know I might be losing my shit a little, so I'm just going to entertain this, but I'm going to stay cognizant of what I'm doing. Right. So maybe that's the advice. It's, yeah, when, so if if you're starting out and you're having weird experiences, pay attention and remind yourself that you're having weird experiences and that they're weird. In the mediumship world, they call that conscious cooperation. Mm. Instead of just allowing channeling, where you just take your personality and you get out of the way and something else speaks Mm. through you, which is, is a valid thing to do. But to work as a spiritual medium in a way where you're aware as you're receiving messages, you stay in that in-between zone. In a lot of ways, it's more effective. You're not in as much danger. You have a little bit more control. And you can control the delivery, too, in a way where you're not causing harm. I wanted to bring something up. I know we were speaking a little about this before the show started. Your your, your energy, your, your you whatever, you, you know, I don't even know what the word is. You uh, definitely brings these like memories to people. And, and sometimes they're not even real memories, but they remind them of more of who they can be. And I know you've had kind of um, some experiences with people. And I think it, it's a good reminder for people who are listening to kind of check what you're feeling. You've had experiences that I would say may borderline on like predatorial or past life stalkerish that are really just people not necessarily understanding what they feel when they hear you or speak to you, because I know even your voice carries certain things. And I know when we get off the air, I'm going to tell you some things that I was just noticing that I don't think is for the air. You carry a certain energy. And I know people listening to us may feel certain things. Would you like to kind of talk about that? I think that this is a very complicated topic so i'm going to try to break it down Mm -hmm. down to the bones i'm just going to keep (laughs) almost comically repeating that by the way i do love that name yeah we like it about lisa i am about (laughs) this podcast the guy who's like all the way up in the sky all the time i am about this podcast (laughs) this is you need we're endorsed you need to have you need to have something rock solid so you can fly basically Uh and that's that's what there's truth in everything when you get down you know right like there's dogma around stuff and dogma has its purpose, but regardless of how you approach mysticism, occultism, whatever, there's always, there's a seed and there's a commonality 
And that's what we want to be looking at. But anyway, you stir people. Yeah, talk about the stir. Yeah. Okay, so there's several different levels to this, in my opinion. One of them is psychological. One of them is that they see me as a certain archetype or one of several powerful archetypes. And so what they what they do is they will interpret that a certain way and apply it to themselves because they're like, oh, I know this person. This must be my story too. So it's it's very easy to do that because it's you're getting hit by, with what I do with my music, you're getting hit by a whole bunch of different things at once. Okay, reincarnation is a thing. Okay, there's this wonderful story of like romance and, and sinking ships and things like that. And it's just, it brings up something from your childhood, something that's not really going around in like cinema right now. And, oh, wow, he's standing right in front of me. This might actually be real. Oh, I feel an energy. So it probably is real. Wait, maybe I'm that person again. So, and what's very interesting is some of these people actually were somebody, if they're listening right now, you just weren't who you thought you were. (laughs) So you were somebody. There was one, there was one I remember, I strongly believe was a, uh, actually several, I strongly believe were uh, prostitutes, which (laughs) no shame in that but they thought they were one of my actual lovers. And it doesn't make you less. It doesn't make me more important. It just means it it doesn't really change anything about you. Find your story. Don't make yourself part of mine in a way that you're not so you can somehow get something out of me that you're looking for in yourself. And that's the thing. connection in the past, but it wasn't the most profound. But whatever it is, whatever that that I'm touching on, I want you to find yourself and you don't have to be in my life to do that. You need to find yourself and whatever you are is just as important. So that's one of the, the elements. The other thing is that my story taps the collective unconscious. I'm 100% sure of that. Yeah. And that's an interesting process of me breaking apart with my own memories, which things are collective unconscious and which things are reincarnation. There is a big difference, but they do come together because they help you get the scene of where you were. Mm-hmm. Where is your ego in this particular element if it was there in the first place? So... Um, And so that's one thing is that people have certain archetypes in the collective unconscious that they tap into when they hear the music, when they see the story, because it reminds them of elements of a greater story. Hmm. And it's like to them, I was like, that's the story. That's this story. It's this one or it's that one or it's whatever. So they kind of pick a certain fairy tale overlay to put on on top of it. Hmm. In one of my sagas that I'm writing, it starts with um, the narrator says, I'm going to tell you a story that you already know whether or not you realize it. Hmm. Because my story is the story of everything mm. and so is yours and so is yours so it's kind of a broad statement really is what i'm saying i'm not saying that it's all my story and it's all mine it's not yours that's silly the way like the you know Kerrix who carries the lantern that reminds people of who they are and then they feel that and they get stirred and sometimes they get connected to you when they shouldn't even be connected to you because they just now they're feeling things and they're like, well, this guy gets it. And well, maybe a big I was emotion, part of that. It right? Is you're, you're steering, you're, you're stirring, you're not steering, maybe you're steering. Mm-hmm. You're stirring a big emotion sometimes in people. And I think if they, if they aren't accustomed to dealing with really big, you know, soulful level emotion, then they could put it in the wrong place. Well, if you haven't been feeling things in a long time and you suddenly get this, this like peeling pulling inside of you of like, it's almost like a feeling of being in love or something like that. And you're like, you need to to find something physical to, to connect it to. And one of the things that, one of the things that I would highly recommend is if you feel that connect that feeling to you, that feeling is coming from you. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. Find where inside of yourself, you can apply that to your own life. 
in, in modern life, so many of us don't feel as connected to anything. So the moment you feel something, mm-hmm. you know, you don't even know what to do because you're like, that flushed. was big. Yeah. That's huge. What was that? You know, it's like a mystery. And I will add, I have, my human side has screwed this up a few times myself because I've brought this feeling on in somebody and then I have become very attached to a person that I should not have been attached to or mm. for the wrong reasons or whatever for a period of time. So I'm not innocent of all this, well, you know. It's <laughs> uncharted territory. Exactly. None of us really know exactly what to do with some of this, right? And even as occultists, I mean, we've we've all perhaps enchanted or glamoured or, or created situations without even maybe knowing and then gotten trapped in them by oh, ourselves sure. or trapped others. In them. And then you're like, oh... And then eventually you realize it and it's, you know, it's a learning experience and I'll let you know when I'm over it. Oh, um, <laughs> cause I'm not. It sounds like a personal story, uh, but that's all right. We'll see. Um, I think, I think we could talk to you forever. For sure. You're a fascinating person. Your band page is on Facebook. Yes. Okay. That's what people use that stuff. Now no one goes to websites anymore. It's bizarre. Yeah. You I, know? T- I took the name of a famous pirate for my stage name. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can, you can link it if you want. Yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw the link down in the show notes. Excellent. We really appreciate spending time with you. Thank and you so much. Yeah. You just have you. so much interesting stuff that it's just like, there's no way we could ever cover even a small piece of you, but I mean, you're how many people, <laughs> right? You know, I'm not just speaking to your life experience, but these myriads of stacks and stacks and stacks and I think that's the most wondrous part because that reminds people that maybe there's more, right? Yeah. And I think that's another side, you know, Lisa and I have spent so much time on Spellcraft and that's coming. We've got some cool stuff coming oh, yeah. up. And definitely we're going to have something fun for that uh, little romance. Time to talk love magic. Yeah, because, you know, that's maybe 20-ish days away. So we're, yeah. we're going to do some craft stuff on that. We're going to get back to just doing that. But cultism sometimes more depending on why you're here and depending on what your journey is. It's not my journey. It's not Lisa's. It's not yours. But I think you, you added a very well-balanced view of the depth of this stuff way more than Lisa and I could, because we just like our fun. You know? <laughs> like, we could talk about it, but we're like, nah, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And I, I can't wait to do some of that stuff. We're going to have some fun. So I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about something if interesting. If you'll come back, we'd if love that. If you come back, definitely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, folks.